Welcome to Day 222 of Shaped by the Word, Season 2, uh, The Drama of Scripture. I'm Paul here with uh, Cindy, David, and Matt. So we continue to read through the book of Nehemiah. And uh, yesterday we uh, you know, talked about the opposition you know, that uh, the builders are facing, both you know, from the rubble you know, that was around them and also from threats from without. But in the same way we saw in the book of Ezra that... Uh, no sooner did the nation, you know, get back on track with God that they they started, uh, you know, uh, being really uh, loose or, or casual, you know, with the, the law of God or, and, and the heart of God. And so we see an internal threat here when we come to chapter 5. Uh, we dealt with the external threats, you know, yesterday. The internal threat is that the people are not having equal regard for each other. And, of course, we've seen the law as an image of, you know, what the body of Christ could be with everybody working together, uh, you know, as, as, as a people under one purpose and one, one cause. But we also see here what happens when, uh, when we don't have regard for our brothers and our sisters as well. This is something that captures, uh, captures Nehemiah's attention. He returns to, uh, you know, with, with great intensity. So we come to Nehemiah chapter 5. Um, before we read, uh, let's offer this moment uh, to the Lord. Matt, you mind doing that for us? Yeah, great. Father, we um, we do ask as we enter into time with you and your word that, Father, you would meet with us, um, you would draw near to us and, and fill us with wisdom as we read. Uh, give us insight, give us eyes to see and ears to hear and, and hearts to respond um, to, to all that you've called us to. Uh, Father, we thank you that you use your word um, to transform us. And so, Father, we ask for that. We ask that you would um, produce much fruit in us as we meditate and, and reflect on your word. Uh, Father, thank you for this time together. Thank you for the means to, to read together as your body. Um, would you get glory from this time? It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. Uh, as soon as we finish the podcast today, we're going to go celebrate Katie Kresge's birthday, which was really last week. By the time you get this podcast, it'll be two weeks later. So everybody call and wish Katie a happy birthday four weeks late. Uh, <laughs> Nehemiah chapter 5. Uh, now the men and their wives raised a great outcry against their fellow Jews. Some were saying, when our sons and our daughters are numerous, in order for us to eat and stay alive, we, we must get grain. Others were saying, we're mortgaging our fields, our, our vineyards, and our homes to get grain during the famine. Still others were saying, uh, we've had to borrow money to pay the king's tax on our fields and vineyards, although we are of the same flesh and blood as our fellow Jews, and though our children are as good as theirs, yet we have to subject our sons and daughters to slavery. Some of our daughters have already been enslaved, but we are powerless because of our fields and our vineyards belong to others. When I heard their outcry and these charges, I was very angry. I pondered them in my mind and then accused the nobles and the officials. I told them, you were charging your own people interest, so I called people together in a large meeting to deal with them and said, as far as possible, we have bought back our fellow Jews who were sold to the Gentiles. Now you're selling your own people only for them to be sold back to us. Um, they kept quiet because they could not find anything to say. So I continued, what you're doing is not right. Shouldn't you walk in the fear of our God to avoid the reproach of our Gentile enemies? I and my brothers and my men are also lending the people money and grain. Let us stop charging them interest. I give back to them immediately their fields, their vineyards, their olive groves and houses, and also the interest you are charging them. 1% of the money, grain, new wine, and olive oil. We will give it back, they said, and we will not demand anything more from them. We will do as you say. 
Then I summoned the priest and made the nobles and the officials take an oath to do what they had promised. I also shook out the folds of my robe and said, In this way may God shake out of their house and possessions anyone who does not keep this promise. So may such a person be shaken out and emptied. And this the whole assembly said, Amen, and praise the Lord. And the people did as they had promised. Moreover, from the twentieth year of King Artaxerxes, when I was appointed to be their governor in the land of Judah until the thirty-second year, twelve years, Neither I nor my brothers ate the food allotted to the governor, but the earlier governors, though preceding me, those preceding me, placed a heavy burden on the people and took forty shekels of silver from them in addition to food and wine. Their assistants also lorded it over the people, but out of reverence for God, I did not act like that. Instead, I devoted myself uh, to the work on this wall. All my men were assembled there for the work. We did not require. We did not acquire any land. Furthermore, 150 Jews and officials ate at my table as well as those who came to us from the surrounding nations. Each day, one ox, six choice sheep, and some poultry were prepared for me. And every day, ten days, uh, and every ten days, an abundant supply of wine of all kinds. In spite of all this, I never demanded the food allotted the governor, because the demands were heavy on these people. Remember me with favor, my God, for all I have done for these people. Um, one one ox and six choice sheep and some poultry and uh, every ten days some really good wine. Sounds pretty good, but if you're feeding 150 yeah. people, it doesn't go nearly no. as far. And you could compare that. You know, I don't have it before me uh, with the daily provisions of Solomon, which were uh, almost a herd of cattle and a herd of sheep and uh, all kinds of choice fowl and, and, and things like that. But you have a you have a situation, and, and of course, if we read this, you know. Uh, Nehemiah is saying, don't charge them interest. And, and they say, we will stop charging the 1% interest. And all of us would like to get that loan, yeah. uh, you know, get our mortgages down to, you know, to 1%, uh, and all of that. Uh, so what are some of the things that, you know, that stand out as, as you read this? It's just really nice to see Nehemiah you know, taking up the concern of the poor and, and those who have been you know, maybe taken advantage of or find themselves in these really difficult positions. He goes to their aid and, and speaks up for them and, and comes alongside them and, and is a voice because he does have a position of power, you know, and he's a voice for, for those below him to help build them up and provide care for them when they're in their distress, you know, which is just a beautiful picture and, you know, one we're called to as well. Yeah. You, you see, you know, we, we talked about that when we looked at chapter three, you know, you see everybody is in this together and everybody's making uh, great sacrifices, and then of course you see the ugly side of this, where mm-hmm. uh, some are exploiting, you know, exploiting others, and not, and so you lose the sense of you know we are in this together, and we are one people, mm-hmm. and and we are for each other. You see people uh, acting with individual you know interest. Immediately, what came to mind to me is, well, what good is it if they rebuild Jerusalem, they protect themselves from the enemies that are outside? You know, and yet they continue to devour one another inside. And it's not just a matter of devouring one another. It's a, a matter of failing to be the people that mm-hmm. God has called them to be. Mm-hmm. And in Deuteronomy 15 came to mind, mm-hmm. you know, with the year of canceling debts. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. But even just the last, you know, kind of statement there in verse 11 of Deuteronomy 15, it says, therefore I command you, because he says there will always be poor in the land. Mm-hmm. But he says, therefore I command you to be open-handed toward your fellow Israelites who are poor and needy in your land. Mm-hmm. You know, so just summarizing it, which was with just that statement, we're we're seeing Israel fail to be 
Israel. Everything God has called them to be. Yeah. And and, and more importantly, failing to be a reflection of who their God is. Mm -hmm. A God who is deeply generous to the you know, to the plight of his people. Uh, and, and, and you know, into our particular plights as well. And so we can consider ourselves well-resourced and, you know, with all the competencies that you know, we talked about yesterday, uh, you know, and have no need. And, and the truth is that we have a deep, deep need in the book of you know, Revelation. So you're, you're pitifully poor, blind, and naked, uh, you know, responding to those who are complacent about mm -hmm. their spiritual condition mm -hmm. and, and as well. And so God has been gracious to us, and we in turn ought to, reflect mm -hmm. his grace and, and all of our dealings with those around us. And here they are, the people of God, who uh, any people understood slavery um, and yet, you know, are enslaving, you know, each other. And, and in this case, it was even the women that had been enslaved that they were powerless to yeah. do anything for because they were in debt with the fields and the vineyards belonging yeah, to others. Yeah, the word so. for enslaved there is a little bit stronger than mm -hmm. that. The women were being taken advantage of yeah. and because of their poverty, mm -hmm. you know, in, in a deep, you know, in, in a deep way. And it is, it, is a, it is an ugly scene. But, of course, they were a people who came from slavery mm -hmm. uh, to be liberated. Uh, and, of course, in their exile, they were, were slaves. And they were still, in a sense, serving as slaves. Yeah. Uh, they're, you know, they're, we, we don't own these vineyards. We're paying taxes on these, mm -hmm. you know, to the... You know, to the kings and yet not having compassion on their own people. Mm -hmm. And it's um, much like the parable Jesus tells of uh, two people who are forgiven a debt, one forgiven a great debt, and the other and forgiven a small small debt, and uh, you know, the lack of grace uh, also, that the debtors had to each other. Mm -hmm. Sorry about that. Oh, there you go. Slow in finishing my parable. <laughs> I didn't know if you were yeah, done. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, it's good. I'm dead. <laughs> well, in verse 14 and 14, or sorry, 15 and 16, you know, we see the assistance of the governors. They, they kind of lord it over the people. But then you see Nehemiah saying, out of reverence for God, I did not act like that. Instead, I devoted myself to the work of this wall. And it reminds me of that scene, you know, in Matthew 20, Jesus is with the sons of Zebedee. And, you know, they want to sit at his right and left hand. And they're asking this ridiculous thing of him. And he goes, you don't know what you're asking. You know, he goes, you know, and he starts talking about what true leadership is, right? What, yeah. what true... You know, he says, you know, the rulers of the Gentiles, they do lord it over their high officials. And he goes, but that's not supposed to be so with you. Instead, whoever wants to be great among you must be your servant. Whoever wants to be first must be your slave. Just as the Son of Man didn't come to be served, but the servant. Right. He gives life as a ransom for many. In, in Nehemiah. that yeah, point to Christ. Yeah, in Nehemiah, we see a portrait of Christ yeah. who, who does not lord us over us. Mm -hmm. uh, he is Lord, and yet he does not lord it over us. Yes, and uh, how can yeah. we possibly... Uh, Lord it over those around mm -hmm. us. And I do love 19, where he's praying, remember me with favor, my God, for all I have done for these people. You know, he didn't exercise maybe the power that he could have to right. have gotten everything, but like Christ also entrusted himself into the hands of the one who judges rightly, which you realize he's asking God there, I know you see you know, you know, you know what's my in my heart, and to remember me with favor, yeah. and, and a great reminder, you know, for you know, for all of us that uh, we we may not, you know, in the things that we do, uh, you know, get the recognition of people around us, but the Lord always sees, and the yeah. Lord always you know, rewards, and of course, Paul's encouragement, you know, to people of his generation, whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all of your might. You know, as serving the Lord and not for man, as the Lord Christ who will reward you. Mm -hmm. And uh, what a great, uh, you know, what a great encouragement. Mm -hmm.
and sometimes better not to receive the recognition of men, but the favor of, of not sometimes. My dad, that, would be a, that would be an all the time kind of thing. Uh, but uh, many times we would prefer the recognition of men to the, to the favor and the blessing of the Lord. Mm -hmm. Father, thank you for another week in your word. We look forward uh, to gathering as your people this weekend to uh, encourage one another uh, as we sing songs of praise, adore your majesty, and hear, hear your word. Mm -hmm. uh, may you cause us to be a people uh, bound together uh, by your purposes for us as the people of Israel were as they surrounded the wall. And Father, know our hearts and see where we have been offensive and where we have uh, taking care of one another and not taking care of one another and look down on each other. And, and Father, cause us to be a people that are a reflection of who you are to us. It's in your holy name we pray. Amen. Mm -hmm.